This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we wrap things up uh, uh, for the Knicks after an uh, important and a good win in L.A. Now, the Lakers, of course, didn't have LeBron. The Knicks didn't have Brunson, so the teams are far, far from at full strength, although the Lakers have been playing pretty well recently. And uh, obviously, uh, Davis had had... Huge games. He had a lot of big games. He did not have a big scoring game tonight. Uh, the Lakers tried to get it done on the perimeter. They just, you know, they missed a lot of threes. They took a lot of them. Knicks always take a lot of them. The Lakers took a lot of them, missed them. Uh, you know, they didn't get the lift they needed. The shots didn't go down for Brown and for Beasley, uh, especially. Knicks got a uh, good performance in a game that was ugly at times. Got a good performance from the bench, you know, got a lift off the bench from McBride and from uh, Obi Toppin and uh, get some, you know, meaningful minutes and some scoring from, from those guys. Um, Hey, let's be honest. The big three in the Nick lineup took a lot of shots tonight. When you have Randall Barrett and quickly taken 63 shots among them, when you have Barrett, you know, taken 27 shots, you know, you know what kind of night it is. And, you know, quickly and Barrett were two of 11 from three throwing Randall and, you know, they were five for 23 for three. Same thing over the Lakers there, you know, Beasley was two of eight. Brown was over seven. I mean, they didn't get it where they needed it either. Uh, big scoring game for Russell tonight, but uh, the Knicks were able to open a lead, hold on and get a one twelve one Oh eight win without Brunson. They have one more game on the West coast. They play in Portland on Tuesday night. Uh, and, you know, it's an important time because you want to try and stay in that five spot if you're the Knicks. You want to be able to play Cleveland in the 4-5 matchup. You don't want to be in the sixth spot. The sixth spot's going to yield you, uh, you know, a, a tougher spot because it's going to yield you Philly if Boston slipped down. But it probably won't, but Philly most likely. Um, you know, you have the Nets right now just a half game ahead of where the Knicks are um, playing better, you know, getting such good performances, especially from Bridges, you know, Bridges has been just uh, solid goals since he got there, but you knew that about Bridges, you knew he was that kind of player, uh, but it's going to be interesting down the stretch, but a key for the Knicks is listen, they're not the same team if they don't have Brunson in the lineup. I mean, he is their guy. He's their leader. 
and this team revolves around him. I know Randall's going to have the scoring lead a lot of nights, but let's be honest, this team revolves around Brunson, and when he's not there, it's not the same team, not in any way, and uh, it shows in a very big, big way. Randall had 33 points tonight. Again, took the shots, uh, got to the foul line, you know, did some good things. So nothing to complain about. You know, these games don't have to all be pretty. You're going to get what you can get. Uh, they continue to be in games. They continue to win some games. Uh, it would be nice if they could get one more on the coast and get out of there. They're going to get a couple of days off. Then I think they have the Nuggets on Saturday after a couple of days off after they play uh, in Portland on uh, Tuesday night. So from that standpoint, it, it would be nice. Now, Portland uh, is not easy, and Lillard's having an insane year. Okay, Portland can be dangerous at home, and obviously Lillard, you know, uh, is capable of putting up 50 any night. I mean, the guy's had an incredible scoring year. He's had a a huge year. Uh, But uh, after that, they get a couple days off, like I said, until I think they – I'm pretty sure they play the the Nuggets at the Garden on Saturday afternoon. Now, remember, the regional is going to be at the Garden this year. So the Eastern Regional for the NCAA tournament's at the Garden. So they're gonna, you're going to have that going on, not this weekend, next weekend, the second, you know, the last weekend in March will be that. And I think I think New York is a Saturday Thursday uh, regional. I'm pretty sure. If I remember right, I think it is. I think it's Saturday. Uh, it's Thursday Saturday. I'm pretty sure. And uh, we'll see who winds up playing at the Garden. But it should be a you know, a good bunch of teams. I mean, you know, it's going to be a good, attractive matchup no matter who it is. A um, couple things on that and on the uh, NIT. North Carolina didn't go to the NIT. They said that they would rather get back to business and, you know, get ready for next year rather than even bother with the NIT, which, listen, you can understand their North Carolina. I wondered how Villanova would handle it because they're kind of, let's be honest, they've been even more successful in North Carolina in the last 10 years. And, you know, I don't know how they would think about the NIT, but remember, it is a first year. It is a first year coach. So from that standpoint, they probably would like to see them, uh, you know, play some games and let him get some experience even though they're going to have some new faces next year. And remember, uh, Whitmore's not going to stay around. He'll be gone. He'll be a one-and-done player. Uh, so Villanova's in, as a matter of fact. On the 14th, Rutgers is playing at Hofstra. Remember, Rutgers got a tough break. I think they are very much deserving of, the, of an NCAA bid. The NCAA tournament committee said, the chair said that he took, they took into account Rutgers now with the injury. And they do take injuries into account as they see teams and as they pick teams and they felt Rutgers wasn't as good with with the injury. They're right. They haven't been as good, but boy, their body of work was good enough to be in the NCAA tournament in a big way. And they play Hofstra um, at seven o'clock on the 14th. Um, Liberty is playing Villanova on the 14th. Um, We'll see how, how, seriously Villanova takes this. Seton Hall is playing Colorado. So they're in it too. Uh, they're playing Colorado. 
uh, other matchups of note or anything that grabs you from the East or anything. Yale's playing Vanderbilt. Um, uh, other than that, uh, let's see, not really anything. No, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Uh, for the NIT, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Um, and St. John's isn't in anything, uh, as you would expect. And Carolina said no to the NIT. So the NIT gets underway on the 14th and you'll have some local action, including Rutgers at Hofstra. And Hofstra had a good year. They really did. They're in a tough league. You know, very tough league and a tough league to win and good solid teams in that league. And they had a really good year. So it'll be interesting to see them playing against Rutgers. And, hey, if you're a Rutgers or someone like that, you'd like to make a big run. Now, this year, remember, the NIT is not in Madison Square Garden anymore. The NIT this year, the semis and the finals are in Las Vegas. This year, they're in Las Vegas. Next year, they're in Indianapolis. They're moving them around now. The other games will be played at campus sites like always, but the, they're moving it out of New York because it hasn't drawn at all in New York. So uh, they're taking it now to other places. So this year, it will be in Las Vegas, and then next year, it will be at Butler in Indianapolis. So... Uh, it's going to move around a little bit. So no longer is it going to be that typical, you know, Tuesday, Thursday before the final four where you look at the matchups and there's 2000 people in the garden. Cause let's be honest, it was a rarity. If there was 5,000 people at the garden for the MIT, there was nobody there. Absolutely nobody there. So I don't have a problem with them moving it around and moving it out. Now back to the, uh, Knicks, and again, um, I even debated not doing it tonight, even though they won the game, uh, or even even before the game when I knew Brunson wasn't playing. Because I I have really you have to take a step back and judge them completely differently when they don't have Brunson in the lineup. They're a completely different team. So if they had lost the game, you can't beat on them if they lose the team the game without Brunson. And the fact that they got a win tonight, hey, that's a big positive. It's a big step in the right direction. Wins are hard to come by on the West Coast. We know that. Uh, they're not easy no matter what. They just got to get him healthy and get him back. So I don't know if he'll play in Portland. The smart thing is probably don't play him in Portland on Tuesday night. And then they're off until Saturday. So that gives them, you know, a couple – that gives them – a nice little respite where they don't have to do anything, you know? So that's a, that's a really big positive. So, you know, that's a, that's a rare, rare couple of days off and they don't play until uh, Saturday afternoon against the Nuggets. So that's a really distinct, distinct advantage. So from that standpoint, I would probably, unless he's feeling a hundred percent, which I doubt he is, I would, Definitely give them off till Saturday, bring them back on Saturday, and they play uh, Saturday against the Nuggets, Monday night against the T-Wolves, at both games at the Garden, and it gives him a good week off to rest and get himself back healthy, and hopefully by the time they hit the Garden on Saturday, he's ready to go, and the Knicks can make their run and you know make their big run towards getting, uh, let's be honest, you want to be realistic here. 
um, most likely than not catching Cleveland. So you're looking at the five as the top. So that's really the goal. Get the five spot. You know, so if that's the case, that's a good thing to shoot at. So you stay away from the big teams in the East. Uh, not that Cleveland's not solid. I mean, they are. They're a good team. And beating them would be hard. You know, they're a very solid team. But the bottom line is that's the best matchup you can have. So that's what, that's what you're looking for. Uh, you want to stay out of that seven ten stuff. There's probably uh, – they're in pretty good shape from that standpoint. Um, they should be able to do that. But you'd like to stay ahead, and that's finishing the five spot and then play Cleveland and take it from there and let the, let the year, you know, hopefully get a win, a series under your belt, and then have some fun with whatever's left with house money the rest of the way. But the key first is trying to get a win in Portland, take this week to get Brunson healthy, and then get ready. Uh, to take your a serious run at the rest of the schedule the rest of the way as the games start to uh, dwindle down to a precious few. So the bottom line is, you know, they're in the stretch run now. Uh, you know, we have reached that point of the year where we don't have to worry about counting the days anymore. The NCAA tournament's upon us. It begins on Tuesday night with the playing games. You're four days away from wall-to-wall action that take you through Sunday. And then, obviously, St. Patrick's Day is upon us. The first day of spring is upon us. We're getting very much closer to the baseball season. By then, the Yankees might have no, active, no healthy players, but who knows, uh, as they continue to fall by the wayside. Uh, be that as it may, we'll deal with that as things progress. But um, right now, it's the Knicks, and they do get a W in L.A., and that's a positive and one that makes this trip a lot easier to swallow than it would have if they had lost here and lost in Portland before they uh, decided to come home. So uh, it would have been a, a tough loss. They get a win, a good win, and again, no Brunson, but a victory tonight, and that's the most important thing. Uh, so uh, a win over the LeBron-less Lakers, uh, and give them credit for that. This evening, uh, we will, as I said, have a lot of coverage for you this week. All right. We will break down the tournament. We'll stay a day ahead of it each day. We will give you the overall thoughts. The next couple of days before I pick the, you know, final four and go through the first round, try to see what I can nail down about these lineups with these injuries, because that's really the first thing here. You know, is Sasser going to play for Houston? Uh, how much does UCLA feel they can compensate? I love the UCLA team. I'm telling you something. I was going to pick the UCLA team at a minimum to go to the Final Four. I might have picked them to win the whole thing. I really was leaning that way. I do think Alabama is the best team. I don't like rooting for them. But I have to admit they're the best team and they are set up to be terrific in the tournament. And... They have the player that can carry the whole thing. And when you have that, have that guy who can take over a game whenever he wants. And Miller can do that. He's that good. I mean, I'm telling you, he's that good. He's the closest thing. If you haven't seen him, if you're not a college basketball fan, check him out there in the NCAA tournament. He is the closest thing to Durant that I've ever seen. 
And that's, that's just, I mean, I don't know how you could pay somebody a bigger compliment than that. You know, you're not going to say this guy is the closest thing you've seen. He's a carbon copy of LeBron James. You're not going to have that. You're not, you might wait 20 years for that. But this is the closest thing I've seen to Durant. Length, can score, great touch, feathery three-shooter, confident three-shooter, confident jump shooter. You know, a uh, guy makes 98 threes. He's 6'9", with huge wingspan, can take it to the basket, and can shoot the jumper and make 98 threes this year. I mean, he's got it all. He really does. And I watched that South Carolina game when he got 40, and I said, this guy is just unbelievable. And I've watched him a lot the last two weeks, and he's that good. You know, Whitmore has a lot of talent. Villanova never accentuated it the way they played, and he was lost in their offense, completely lost. When he, what, what he got was basically, I'm going to take the ball, I'm going to drive it to the basket, I'm going to score, I'm going to get fouled. I'm going to hit an occasional three, and that's my game. I'm going to turn some balls over. I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm going to have some decent games where I score 20 points. I'm going to have some games where I score 10 points, and that's basically it. He, and, you know, he'd come to the line and give you a thunderous dunk if he got in front of a field or got out on a fast break, which Villanova rarely fast breaks. But, I mean, they, if they did, he'd get up there and, you know, be a Skywalker of the first order. But the bottom line is uh, he's going to be a terrific pro, but he almost seems unhappy at Villanova this year. Miller fit in very well at Alabama. He did not fit in as well at Villanova. Uh, Villanova was extremely disappointing this year, especially when they got more back. They were extremely, they showed a couple of games. They beat Creighton, they beat Xavier. They won a couple of games where they looked really good. And then it slipped away again. And they just had no movement in their offense, no confidence in their offense. They never set on a lineup. He yinged and yang guys out of the game all the time, almost like ridiculously like it was a hockey game. He moved guys in and out so fast. They didn't have a pure point guard. Um, they didn't develop. They didn't even let more lead as much as they should have. Let them lead a little, but they should have let them lead more. And they had games where they just took horrendous shot after horrendous shot, no movement, no ball movement, no passing, nothing. So it was a big disappointing year for them. And now they're in the NIT, so, you know, that's where they belong this year. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.